0: Father, we thank you that we can come in your presence and know that you are a God who has always been faithful and you always will be faithful. You're the God who takes the graveyards and you turn them into gardens. You're the God who redeems the broken situation. You're the God who's taken us from brokenness and you brought us into life. And we're so thankful that we get to serve a mighty, mighty God. We thank you. For all you've done in our lives, we thank you for redeeming us and bringing us. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. God, you're so good. Thank you for the goodness of God. God, we pray that you'd speak to our hearts this morning as we hear your words spoken to us. God, do what you need to do in us. We love you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 16. Today we're going to look at the next experience that Jesus had with his disciples. We saw two weeks ago. The great confession of Peter, when Jesus asked Peter a personal question, he asked the disciples, Who do people say that I am? And Peter answered, You are the You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And of course, Jesus commended Peter for that. And Jesus said, You didn't come by that by yourself, but the Father has revealed that to me. And he spoke to him about he will have the he will have the keys of heaven. He spoke to him that he would. He would uh, see the church built on the rock of Jesus, that Jesus is the rock, and then um, they will see that uh, uh, the gates of hell uh, will not prevail against the church. And, and we go from that great climax, that, that great just wonderful victory experience there at Caesarea Philippi, and Jesus began after that time to teach more and more, that he would go to Jerusalem, that he would suffer at the elders and the leaders of of the the chief priests and the scribes, and that uh, he would be crucified, he would die, and he would rise from the grave. And Peter wanted nothing to do with that. And Peter said, we're not going to let that happen to you. We're going to get in the way. We're not going to allow you to die. We're going to take care of you. And then Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. You're in the way. And Jesus said to Peter... That you're listening to the things of man and not the things of God. And, and you're off, you're, you're, you're off target here, Peter. You're in the way of God's plan. And so now we pick up the story, the result of Peter's, uh, not understanding, the result of Peter's, uh, believing that he was going to do the right thing. And the right thing obviously was the wrong thing because it was in the way of God's plan. And then in verse 24, then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, it's obvious, I think here, that what Jesus is doing here is clearing the air. Isn't that how we put that? When someone doesn't understand a procedure at work, when someone doesn't understand a relationship, when someone is not understanding, you know, step one, step two, step three in a process, we are going to clear the air. Maybe there's been training. Maybe there's been guidance. Maybe there's been the education that's needed, but it's obvious that, They're not getting it. And so we need to clear the air. We need to define the situation, define the relationship, clear the air, make it clear what's expected and what's understood and what the steps are to be doing things in the right way. And so I think that what you have here is Jesus hearing Peter say, no, 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 we're not letting you die. We're going to get in the way of that. We're going to prevent you from dying. And, and Jesus seeing that this disciples need to have things clearly explained. And so Jesus tells his disciples and clears the air with, if anyone wants to come after me, you got to understand this, Peter. You got to see this. Now, it says that he's talking to all his disciples, but I just can't help but think that his eyes are on Peter. Peter? You want to, if you want to follow me, and if you want to be one of my disciples, this is what you need to understand. You must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Now, to be clear, and it's obvious today in today's world about salvation and discipleship that we really need to be clear. It's an amazing thing to me to think about how many people don't get it, how many people misunderstand, how many people get off focus about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Jesus never said, if you follow me, your life will be easy. He never said that. He never said my followers will have an easy life. And and that's out there today. Right There's people mad at God because their life has not been easy. And so their understanding is, is that following Jesus means that you have an easy life. Jesus never said that you can stay the way you are and follow me. Jesus never said you can stay the way you are and, and basically what you need to do is just add me to your life the way you are. And, and you hear that spoken in, in many different areas of life today. You know, and, and it's, it's the foundation of, of people that believe that the church is judgmental and critical and, 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 and won't accept their point of view. Because there is a large segment of our society that says this, I will accept Jesus. I will accept the good things of God. I will accept the love. I will accept the grace. I will accept the forgiveness, but not the judgment and not the expectations and not the change in life. I'm going to live the way I want to live. And Jesus never said that was even possible. Jesus never said that you can follow me and stay the way you are. He never said that. It's not even a possibility. Matter of fact, he said just the opposite. If you're going to follow me, you've got to deny yourself. And denying yourself means that you don't stay the way you are. You lose yourself in the process of following Christ. Jesus never said, follow me and life will be healthy and wealthy. Oh man, that's a huge one today, isn't it? If you follow Jesus, you're going to be wealthy. Matter of fact, if you're following Jesus and you're not wealthy, you're missing something. You've got something wrong. Jesus never said that. Jesus never said that his people will have lots of money. Now, Jesus did say that he will bless those in a spiritual way. And it's obvious that he blesses certain people and, and he, he gives them more for to be a good steward of things. Right. But Jesus never said in his gospels, Jesus never said, if you follow me, you'll have more money you can spend. If you follow me, I'm going to show people how wonderful I am by how much money you make. that, That never was said by Christ. What he did say is, if you follow me, I'm going to work in your life and you're going to be evidence that I am by your love for one another. By your love for one another. You know, when hatred is running rampant and when racism is running rampant, like we've seen this past week in Minnesota, I mean, you've got racism that starts it all, and then you've got hatred that fuels it all. And you look at that and you go, man, where is the love at? Where is love? I guarantee you that somewhere in the midst of that, there's love at work. Now, the truth of the matter is, not everyone there is racist, and not every policeman there uh, is like this particular uh, occasion. We know that, Right? And I guarantee you that on that police force in Minneapolis, there are there are good men. There are good women that take care of people and their police work every single day. But we're not hearing about that. I know love is there. I know love is there in that police force. And I also know that not everyone is a looter in Minneapolis. We know that, right? But but what you're bombarded with is just the opposite of that. And it appears that hatred and racism is winning and it is winning in our world. And, and the truth of the matter is, it is always going to be like that until we begin to see the coming of his kingdom and love begins to win out. But love is there. Love is always there. And love will win ultimately one day. And so... Our assignment, to be clear, our assignment, what we're responsible for is not to change the whole world, but but us. We change where we're at. We don't have racism. We don't have hatred. We don't have that that spirit in us that accomplishes what we've seen this week up in Minneapolis, because that's not who we are. We are different. There's a change that happens in us. Jesus never said, follow me and I will be your panacea. He never said that. A panacea is the cure for every disease and difficulty. You know, if you'll follow Jesus, you won't get sick. That's not true. If you follow Jesus, you might get sick. If you follow Jesus, you may have problems of every kind. There is no escaping that. Jesus is not a panacea. What Jesus does is he demonstrates his presence through problems and difficulties and disease and, and tribulations and trials. That's what Jesus does. And so we understand to be, to be clear about what Jesus did say, we need to be clear about what Jesus didn't say. And, and I think those four things is on the mind of, of many, many folks around. That's their idea of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But what Jesus did say, and we need to be clear about this, he said, if you're going to come after me, if you're going to follow me, here are the three things that's got to be experienced in your life. The first thing is you must deny yourself. Now, the interesting thing about the word deny here, it's the exact same word that Jesus used to describe Peter's denial of Jesus. Same word. And so Peter denied Jesus three times, the crowed. Now, he disowned Jesus. Are you with him? Do you know him? Have you spent time with him? He says, no, I have not. I do not know him. I am not part of him. I don't have any participation with him. You can't blame me for being with him. I'm not like him. I'm not with him. I, I-, I am not a follower of his. Peter denied Christ. That's the way we deny ourself. We literally disown ourself. Now, everything about self must be disowned for Christ. That's what Jesus says. We must deny ourself. So here it is. It's what Jesus wants, not what we want. It's how Jesus wants us to live, not how we want to live. It's how Jesus wants us to think, not how we want to think. Do we forgive? The answer is always yes. Why? Jesus said so. We have denied ourselves. But I just don't believe I can, I can forgive so-and-so. I don't believe that I should forgive so-and-so. When we say those kind of things, we are not denying ourselves. Jesus has said that we are to be good stewards. We said, no, 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 I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. No, nope. you, if, if you are going to follow Christ, you must deny yourself. Our time is not our own. Our circumstances are not our own. Our ideas are not our own. Our passions are not our own. Our goals are not our own. Here are my goals, and here are the goals I have for Christ. You can't have two sets. You can't be separated by the fence. You can't straddle a fence. Jesus said, you must deny yourself. Paul understood what it meant to deny himself, and he said in Galatians 2.20, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We are to deny ourselves. The second thing that Jesus said here is we are to take up his cross. Now this is really misunderstood. This is clearly uh, seen as different things among people, but 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 I think that it's clear here what Jesus is saying is we need to be completely clear about this. To take up his cross does not mean that we are going to be willing to put up with difficult people, right? How, how many of you have difficult people in your life? Raise your hand. I want to see some participation. We got two or three with a little difficult people in their life? Sure. Most of us have difficult people in your life. How many times have you heard yourself say, How many times have you said this? How many times have you heard this? Man, it's, I bet it's hard putting up with him all day. I bet it's hard putting up with her at work. Man, you know, that that sour pickle person over there, I bet that's hard to deal with. It's my cross to bear. That's not the meaning of Jesus' words here. That's not the, we, the meaning. I've been married 38 years. It's Susan's cross to bear. That's not the meaning of this. You know, so you would think if anyone deserves salvation, it's Susan. She's put up with him for 38 years. No, that's not what it means. To be clear, to take up his cross means we are willing to pay any price for Christ's sake. Boy, we've lost sight of that, hadn't we? If we are going to follow Him, we must be willing to pay any price for Christ's sake. Any price. That's what it means to take up the cross. What was His cross? Death, pain, torture, ridicule. We must be willing to take on any price for Christ's sake. That means being completely selfless. That means suffering for Christ. That means allowing all of our circumstances to be a blessing to other people. That means we don't own our circumstances. That means we don't own our plans. That means that our way is never what we seek after, but His way. And whatever that means, for some of us, it may be a fairly level playing field. For others of us, it's really a steep down down uh, uh, hill. It's difficult. It's painful, but it's what we do. It's who we are. Jesus says, "If you're going to follow me and receive the good things that I'm going to give for you, you must deny yourself and you must be willing to take up your cross to pay any price." And then He says, "And follow me." Follow me means obedience simple obedience. We simply live the way Jesus desires us to live. And so you can't stay the way you are. The way you are doesn't measure up the way you are is not what he wants from us. It's not our our flesh that he wants us to, to, to exhibit in this world, but it's his life through us. So Jesus didn't say, follow me in your life will be easy. Jesus didn't say, just add me to your life and stay the way you are. Jesus did not say, if you follow me, you be healthy and wealthy. Jesus never ever said that I'll be your panacea. I'm going to meet every illness and every difficulty that you have. Jesus never said that. But what he did say is, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Now, Jesus gives three good reasons for us to do this. And so in verse 25, he says, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So we find life in losing our life. And then Jesus reasons with the disciples here. Still looking at Peter, I believe. That's what I think. Laser beamed on Peter. Peter, you of all the guys here, you're the one that's got to really understand this. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What good is that? For the son of man, or, or what, what shall a man give in return for his soul? And so Jesus says the first thing is a great reason to deny yourself, take up his cross, and follow him. Number one is eternity. Eternity. Now, eternity, this sounds really stupid and simple for me to say this, but here's my understanding of eternity. Eternity is a long, long time. And life here is a short time. It's really short compared to eternity compared to eternity the average life expectation is man it's just a it's just a blimp it's a if it's just one second in comparison it's not long at all now what good is it he says what good is it to live for the world and gain the world and lose your soul. I wondered this week after I had an Amazon package come to door, how much that Jeff Bevoffs is worth? How much what is his name? Davos, Beavos. <laughs> Bevo. I looked it up on the Google. Hundred and forty nine billion dollars. Wow. I bet he's worth more today than he is when that Google was written. Man, I, I sat down and, and I tried to figure up $149 billion. Let's just say he makes 1% a month on that money. It, I mean, look, next year he's going to be worth $200 billion. Easy. Especially with all the boxes and stuff they're selling these days. If you are offered eternity with Jesus in heaven, or $149 billion here for your life expectancy here. And after that, pain and torment in the eternal fire. Who's going to take that deal? I'm not going to take that deal. I mean, to be honest with you, what I don't know Jeff Beavis, G Beavis, however you say his name. I mean, I never met him, never been in a room with him. But, but from what I've read about him... His life ain't been all that good. I mean, he's got jet airplanes and helicopters and he's got an ex-wife he had to pay $50 billion to. He's got struggles. He's got insecurity issues. He's got all this going on. No, 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 no. I'll take my life over that because eternity is waiting for me. And to be honest with you, in eternity... I'm at least going to have a $100 billion to spend. You're going to have more than that most likely. I mean, when we get to heaven in eternity, there's always enough. That's what I understand about heaven. It's a pretty place. It's a peaceful place. It's a place of no more pain, no more hurt. And every need is met. We must have a Visa card that has no limit to it. That's what we get in heaven. So Jesus says here, let me reason with you guys. What good is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Consider eternity. Then in verse 27, he says, consider judgment. 27, for the Son of Man is, is, is going to come with His angels in the glory of His Father, and then He will repay each person according to what He has done. Judgment. That's what that is. Now, this is not the judgment about salvation. This is the judgment of good deeds. But we all understand judgment is coming. There's going to be judgment. Man, are, are you really okay with doing your own thing, Peter? He's going back to this here, I think. Are You're setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man, are you really okay with doing what you want to do? Are you really okay with living life the way you want to live it, considering judgment? Man, 75 years to do what you want to do, and then an eternity that's going to be lived according to the judgment that's been experienced. One judgment is whether or not we know Christ or not, eternal torment. Eternal torment. Another judgment is judge based on what we've done or haven't done. Oh, we're going to miss out on some things. Judgment. The third thing here, I think, is he's using reason. He's trying to get them to see how important it is for them to deny themselves, take up his cross, and follow him. Truly I say to you in verse 28, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now this has caused lots of people to get real twisted and, and I mean this must be a mistake. This shows that Jesus is not the Messiah because these guys didn't die and Jesus has not returned yet. The second coming has not come. And and his full kingdom has not been revealed yet, and they get all upside about that, all upside down about that. But obviously, that Jesus is teaching us here, based on the, the what's just happened, right? What's just happened is Peter got it right, then Peter got it wrong, and Jesus is just making it clear to them. He wants the disciples to know for sure the truth. Make sure there's no misunderstandings with that. What happens right after that? The transfiguration. And in the transfiguration, what happens is they see Jesus being completely glorified. Kingdom is presented. Kingdom of God is demonstrated. You got Moses and Elijah Before Peter, James, and John, and there's a glow, there's an energy, there's something going on with them. They have that kingdom experience taking place. And what does happen? What happens to Peter, James, and John up there? The Heavenly Father says, listen to Him. Listen to Him. You see the kingdom. Moses, Elijah, Jesus. You're seeing the kingdom. Some of you, will not taste death before you see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Look at His kingdom, Peter, James, and John. See what you're living for. See what Jesus is dying for. And His kingdom was manifested before them. The third reason to believe in God, to trust in Christ, to deny yourself, to take up your cross and follow Him is His kingdom his power his authority his goodness his changing hearts his encouraging people his kingdom that the gates of hell will not prevail against his kingdom the activity of the church when it's being done in faith and when Jesus is at the head of the church the experiences that God's people have through his kingdom. And so Jesus says, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Here's three reasons. Consider this, eternity, judgment, and the kingdom. Oh, you don't want to miss out on the kingdom. You don't want to miss out on the kingdom. Lord, help us to hear, help us to know, help us to understand clearly what you have said about if we're going to come after you, if we're going to follow you. I pray, Lord, that your will be done in our heart today. I pray, Lord, you'll speak to those who need to receive you. I pray, Lord, you'll speak to those brothers and sisters who need to be encouraged in their walk with you. I pray, Lord, for any misunderstandings that some of our brothers and sisters have about what it means to follow you. And maybe, Lord, they've been misled by the, by temptations. They've been misled by feelings. They've been misled by wants. Well, however the misleading has happened, we just pray, Lord, that you will speak clearly to all of our hearts and we will understand the Lord's words here about it, what it means to be your followers.